0: Would you say with me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Therefore, I care less this morning what the devil says, what my situation says. I am what the Bible says I am. And I'm ready for the word of God this morning. To experience the touch of the living God. In every area of my life. In Jesus mighty name. And the church said amen. Amen. Take your seats in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Father we thank you for the very word of God. Which is about to be spoken. Your word is powerful. Your word is active in the life. Your word is sharper than any double-edged sword. Your word shall not return unto you void but it shall accomplish every purpose for which it's sent this morning. As we receive your word with meekness, the very engrafted word of God which is able to save our souls, let our minds not wander around. I bind the spirit of wandering and I command every mind to focus and receive the word this morning in Jesus' mighty name. And the church said, "Amen." Amen. This morning I'm talking about eternal life. I'm talking about eternal life. Somebody said say, say eternal, life. eternal life. And I'm here to encourage you to tap into it. Tap into eternal life. Tell the way the the gospel according to St. John is different from the other three gospels. You will find things in the book of John that you don't find in the book of Matthew, Luke and Mark. You don't find those. You only find these in the book of John. Especially about the love of God and eternal life. You don't find those issues like you find them in the book of John. John teaches us and speaks to us about the deity, the godness of Jesus Christ. How much of a God Jesus Christ was. Is somebody with me this morning? That's why when John begins his book he begins by saying in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and he says nothing that was ever made was not made of the word. Now, in John chapter 4, we learned about a woman who came to the well and found Jesus who was waiting for her. And the conversation began. And we talked about this three weeks ago. So, if you want to get that entire sermon about Jesus and the woman, go back to the archives. But this morning, I'm talking about eternal life. John chapter 4 verse 10. As the interaction between Jesus and the woman continued... And Jesus answered her in verse 10 and the Bible says, Jesus answered her and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink. You would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Somebody say living water. Go to John chapter 4 verse 13. So continue to verse 13. As a woman interacted with Jesus, Jesus answered her again and said unto her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. A fountain of water that springs up into everlasting life. Go to John chapter 7. It's still John again. In chapter 7, John says the same. He says, On the last, the Bible says, On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If any want us, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, As the scripture has said, out of his heart, somebody say, out of his heart, will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Listen gentlemen, as I said to you, Jesus is busy speaking to a woman at the well. And he said unto her, give me a drink. And the woman began to argue with him as we spoke about it three weeks ago. And the woman began to engage with him and said, who are you to engage with me? Because we have nothing to do with the the Jews, we Samaritans. And Jesus begins to say, if you knew. Somebody say, if you knew who is saying these words unto you, you would hurriedly give him what he's asking to you because he is able to give you living water. Somebody say living water. This man that is talking to you will not just give you the water that you see in the world, but he's able to give you living water. Somebody say living water. So before I talk about eternal life, can I talk about living water because the two are linked together. As a matter of fact, Jesus says, whoever drinks of the water that I give him will become in him a fountain of water that springs up into everlasting life. So the water begins to spring into eternal life. The kind of water that Jesus gives us, it is not just water, but it is living water. Somebody say living water. It means this is live water. it's live, it's active water. It's not dirt water, it's active water. Like, like radioactivity, when you talk about radiation, it's radioactive. Radioactivity basically means that if you walk in an area where there's radioactivity, you can even find your skin being burnt. becoming cancerous without you realizing what makes you to be cancerous because radioactivity is live, it's active and here we're talking about live water, like a live streaming, like a live television show, something that is alive, Jesus is saying I'm going to give you living water, water that's alive water that has life water that is active It's not just water, but it's active water. Waters of life. Somebody say waters of life. Or waters for the soul. But I like the way he puts it where he says it shall become a well. In other words, when he says it's living water, it's water that continuously springs up inside of you and produces life for your soul. Is somebody following this morning? It's a well, it's a fountain, it's a spring inside of your soul that God begins to generate and create life in you. And the Bible says it's rivers that overflow. Somebody say overflow. There is an overflow that it brings into your life. Is somebody following this morning? When we come into Christ... We receive living water and the Bible says it creates rivers that begin to overflow and that begin to spring up into everlasting life. May I suggest this morning about the story of water that me and you are made of water, by the way. I'm created of water. As a matter of fact, before you were born or the day you were born, the first thing that broke out was water. Let me just bring it home. Somebody say, I'm water. water. Biology says you are 70% water. Hallelujah. How many percentages of water are you? 70% of me is water. Hallelujah. Can I have one of the technical guys just quickly check me out, Moses? Just, just, hallelujah. Biology says... 70% of me is water. And the the, the percentage varies with time. The older you get, the lesser water you have. That's why your skin starts shrinking. So a baby is about 80% water. In case you didn't know. But the older you get, that's why the older you get, the more water you must drink. And the less cold drink you must drink. Those of you who like Coke Those of you who like tea, the older you get, the less water your body has. That's why you need to drink more water to balance it up. But a baby at the birth level, a baby is about 80% water. In other words, as you're holding that thing, you're holding water. So, but in an an average adult, it's about 70% water. Why am I saying this? Number two, Pastor Kiga, did you know that the earth itself is also 70% water? Study your geography and study your history and study all sorts of, of things or science in general. You will discover that the earth itself is 70% water. I am 70% water. The earth is seven. God is saying something. It cannot be that a human body is 70% water, but also the earth is also 70%. Something about seven. Somebody say seven something about seven everything is about seven and everything is about water i am water and i'm living on an earth that is made of water and jesus begins to say you cannot be without water your life needs water you cannot because we desire that which we are made of you why do you think people drink so much they're looking for water The reason why men would spend all their livelihood trying to drink beer, it's because there is water in them looking for water. But the problem is they don't know which water is the right water. And Jesus begins to say, I have the water that your water needs. Because you are made of water and unless you come to the right water, you will remain restless all your life. I am that water. Is somebody hearing me? There's something about water and the spirit of God. You go to Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. The Bible says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the spirit, somebody say, the spirit of God was hovering upon the what? The spirit was upon the what? Not upon the earth. The spirit was hovering upon the waters. Cause there's something about the water and the spirit of God. There's something about water and the spirit of God. That's why Jesus says out of him shall ra- arise a spring of life that flows into everlasting life. And the Bible says he was talking about the spirit of God. That a life without the spirit of God is a dry life a life without the spirit of God is a dry life that's why you need the spirit of God to hover upon your waters anyone who lives this life without the spirit of God they are living a dry life have you ever heard of a, a dry laugh not a dry life this time a dry laughter this guy is laughing but you can hear that this is a dry laughter have you ever heard of a dry personality she is a receptionist, but she's so dry. So I want to put. You're coming for an interview already, you're frightened. Because this person is so dry. She does not have the Holy Ghost joy that makes a person feel the warmth around them. In this life, we need the waters of the spirit to make our personality even wet, wet and receiving and receiving and loving. Have you ever heard of a wife who is so dry? Yeah. You walk into a home, there is no laughter.' <laughs> I'm just I'm just joking a dry personality someone who who is who, who does not have joy and Pastor King I also want to remember Jesus said something about dry places he said when a demon leaves a person he goes out and wander in dry places people with dry personality are very attractive to demons Demons are looking for dry people. Demons cannot dwell where there is wetness. Because wetness means the spirit of the Lord. Where the spirit of the Lord is too hard for demons. Did you know the word demon means torture? The the reason why they are called demons, they are actually called tortured spirits. So a demon is a tortured spirit. By by the virtue of the presence of God in you, a demon cannot survive in your life. When the spirit of the Lord liveth within you, the demons cannot dwell in you. That's why a dry life is attractive to the demons. And you can attract spirits by not attracting the spirit of the Lord in your life. I'm teaching somebody this morning. That the life of a Christian is a life that must be full of the spirit. Walking in the spirit, otherwise you will live a dry life. You will feel that something is missing. And that's what I'm teaching about this morning. Jesus says, it is a life that will spring out of your belly. Somebody say, out of my belly. Your belly refers to your spirit man. That your spirit man generates what I call everlasting life empowered and powered by the spirit of the Lord. This morning I just want to teach a simple gospel. Nothing complicated. But this is what you need to hear this morning. Somebody say eternal life. So in John 4 verse 14, he says, These waters are springing forth into everlasting life. These waters are springing forth into everlasting life. And that's what I want to teach about. So, firstly, you have a river of living waters for springing up in your belly, and the Bible says they are springing forth into everlasting life. And this morning, I want to correct an error where most of us think about eternal life or everlasting life as something that is coming in the future. And can I correct that error this morning? That everlasting life is not for the future. Ah, basallah, natala namtaj. The Bible says the water springing forth into everlasting life. Other versions like NIV says eternal life. Somebody say eternal life. Say I have eternal life. It's not like you will have eternal life. You have eternal life today. Eternal life is not a promise after death. Eternal life is not something the saints will receive after they have died. Eternal life is something that the spirit of God generates within you the day you get born again. When you are with Jesus or when you are born again and when you are in Christ, you have eternal life. From day one, you have eternal life. Somebody say, I have eternal life. John 3 verse 16, a basic scripture that most of us do not understand what it says. The Bible says, for God So loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish. See, that's that's where we stop mostly. That's where we stop. We stop on the point where Jesus says, I shall not perish. By the way, we say salvation, see, see, we interpret salvation as something a sort of an escape. Gisindile. kichimis. Gisindile So your interpretation is as if Like you survived something. You escaped something. And this morning I wanted to understand a new definition that salvation is not an escape but it is an ushering into a higher life. Oh, I want to repeat that. (laughs) Salvation is not an escape, but it is an ushering into a higher life. I did not just escape hell. Yes, thank God. I've escaped hell. Yes, thank God. I've escaped Umjolo. Yes, thank God. I've escaped Ibiya. Yes, thank God. I've escaped Ionkindo. All the trouble of the world, I've escaped. But thank God I've been ushered into a life. I've not just escaped. I'm pela. To I have been led to a better life and that life is called eternal life and that's what I'm teaching this morning somebody say I have eternal life and that's a higher life the Bible says so that you will not perish but have eternal life say I will not perish but I have eternal life Jesus did not say you will have eternal life he says you have eternal life it has happened already It is within me. I have eternal life. Somebody say, I understand now. now. Most have been taught that everlasting or eternal life will start after death. And I repeat, eternal life begins the day you accept Christ Jesus. You have the life of God. What is eternal life? Eternal life is the God kind of life. What is eternal life? Eternal life is Zoe life. We call it Zoe life because Zoe life means the very life of God, the very life that God lives, the very life as he is. So are we in this world, the Bible says, I have the life of God. Somebody say, I have the life of God. So Jesus says, after you receive him, you will not perish, but you have eternal life. You have Zoe life. You have the God kind of life both in quality and in quantity. I want to repeat that. Say, I have the life of God, both in quality and quantity. Most of us focus on the quantity. We say, I shall live forever. We say, I shall be with Christ forever. But you forget the quality part, that God has imparted his very quality of life. Can I talk to you this morning? How is God in heaven right now? imagine him. How is God in heaven? Is he stressed? Is God in fear? Is God sick? Is God defeated? Is God broke? Is God hungry? Is God lacking? Is God poor? Is God looking for a job? God is rested. He says that life I have put inside of you. Oh, come on somebody. He said my life I have within you. You may not be experiencing it. You may not be enjoying it. You may not be having it, but listen to me, you have it. It is within you. The very life of God is inside of you. As he is, the Bible says, so are we. Say, I am like God in this earth. As he is, so I am in this life. So God has imparted his very quality and his very quantity of life. All that God is, is inside of you. God's own life. God's class of life. I want to put that again. God's class of life. What kind of life is inside of you? God's class of life. I am in the class of God. I am in the same class as God is. I have the same qualities, capabilities, and abilities that God has through the spirit of God inside of me. He has put a spring of life inside of me that brings forth everything that I desire that is in God. As he is, so I am in this life. Am I talking alone? So the Zoe life, many have received it, but few have experienced it. Many have received it, but few have experienced it. Many have it, but few have lived it. For it comes when we receive Christ, but it grows in us by knowing him. Zoe life has been put inside of you the day you received Jesus. And by the way, if you are not born again, what I'm talking about is a mystery to you. If you are not born again, what I'm talking about is elusive to you. You will never have it until you take Christ. You can never have Zoe life until you have Jesus. Only the office of Jesus Christ ushers in this kind of life. Somebody say, I have Zoe life. Do you have it? Ask your neighbor. Do you have Zoe life? Do you have Zoe life? This is a life that makes you peaceful in the midst of a storm. The Bible says, as they were going in the sea one night, Jesus was sleeping and a storm arose and his disciples saw the storm. Because those that don't have the spirit will see storms first. The disciples did not have the Holy Ghost. They did not have the capacity Jesus heard. And they were the first ones to see storms. And I'm saying to you, those who don't have this kind of life will see storms first. Jesus was sleeping. And it's that kind of life I'm talking about that even in the midst of a storm, you find yourself sleeping. Even in the midst of a storm, you don't even see the storm. You don't see a storm for what it is. You see the storm with the eye of God. You don't panic. You rest when there's trouble around you. But the disciples did not have the eternal life with them because the spirit had not yet been given to them. So therefore, they were panicking in the flesh. Master, don't you care that we perish? And Jesus arose and he spoke to the storm. He didn't, he didn't say, what's happening, guys? What's happening? No, Jesus was restful because he had eternal life within him. Amen. And he says, that life I'm giving to you. Amen. But by we are worshipers. Why? Because you have eternal life. Eternal life makes you peaceful when there are challenges around you. You become like Elijah. The Bible says, or oh, is it Elisha? If I misquote it, go, go and correct it on the scripture. If it's Elijah or Elisha, I don't remember. But the Bible says he spoke to his servant. And, he said, and the servant said, Master, by the way, I keep on saying, those who have eternal life don't see storms first. And those who don't have eternal life are the first ones to see the storms master, hey, 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 master, do you see? Uh, do, do you see the trouble, master? Do you see? Many are those who are against us. And, and the master said, relax, son, relax, re- relax, relax. Why? Because he had eternal life within him. He says, I have another view. Eternal life makes me to see life from God's point of view. From where God is sitting, many are those who are for us. Than they that are against us. Relax. It's not as bad as it looks. But the eternal life within you. Is the one that's going to cause you. To be peaceful. Somebody say eternal life. And the master. The Bible says. And the servant of Elijah could not get this. And then Elijah began to pray. And said Lord I pray for him. Open his eyes. That he may see just as I see. In other words, eternal life brings a perspective that you normally don't have in this ordinary life. Eternal life causes you to see life differently. Eternal life makes you to have eyes, the eyes of Jesus, the eyes of God. You are able to see things as God sees them. A doctor says, you have six months to live, And God says, not on my clock. According to me, you will live another 45 years. According to me, I died on the cross for your sickness. I am the Lord, your healer. You will not die of this disease. but I ask you, which report do you believe? Do you believe my report? Can I have? Are you OK this morning? When you have eternal life, you begin to see things as God sees them, and you begin to relax, like God is relaxed. You live a peaceful life there's nothing as painful as a believer living next to someone who does not have eternal life, who is restless in their life. That's why the word of God do not says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers because light has no fellowship with darkness. If you marry an unbeliever, you are basically marrying someone who has no eternal life with them. They are restless and you are restful. They have no peace and you have peace. Choose wisely, the Bible says. Is somebody listening this morning? Somebody say eternal life. John chapter 17 verse 3. Let's go there. Eternal life is not something I will receive when Jesus comes. It is something I have right now. I live the life of God. I have the peace of God. I have the mind of Jesus. The word of God says in Philippians chapter 2, let this mind which was also in Christ Jesus be in you. The same mind that was in Jesus, let it be in you. John seventeen three says, now this is eternal life. What is t- eternal life? That they know you. I want to repeat that. Now this is eternal life. What is eternal life? That they know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have served that they may know you what is eternal life knowing God what is eternal life what is eternal life knowing God and when I talk about knowing God I'm not talking about intelligence I'm not talking about intellectual I'm not talking about understanding I'm talking about experience because knowledge can be classified into experiential and intellectual. And I'm not talking about intellectual. I'm talking about experience God. So when he says that they may know you, he's saying that they may experience you. Amen. Oh, I'm preaching today. Amen. Eternal life is when you experience God. Somebody who says, but pastor, I don't, I don't understand you well. Study your Bible in Genesis chapter 4. And the Bible says and Adam knew his wife. Is there in your Bible? Adam did what to his wife? Is there in your Bible? Adam did what to his wife? Oh, Barcelona wanted to get it. Adam did something to his wife. What did he do to the wife? He knew her. I did that deliberately so that you get it. What did Adam do to do, do, do his wife? He knew her. So, so, if Pastor Tubbs has got children, what did Pastor Tubs do to his wife? He knew her. I have three boys. What do you think I did to my wife? I knew her. You have a child. What do you think the man, if you're a woman, did to you? He knew you. Or you knew him. Whoever knew who, it doesn't matter. Or you knew each other. The scripture is very particular and it does it deliberately. Instead of saying they had intimacy, it says they knew each other. because he's talking about intimate knowledge, coming to experience God in its full intimacy, in his full intimacy, experiencing God in His fullness, knowing the inner side of God, knowing the private side of God. Knowing the very intimate side of God. You don't have to know about God. You need to know God. And that is the beginning of eternal life. When you know him. When you fellowship with him. When you walk in oneness with him. When you and God are one. When you and God take every step together. That is knowing God. And that's the beginning of eternal life. Not the God that Pastor Spuy is talking about, not the God that your church is talking about, but the God that you know. That God will create life inside of you. Do you know God? And I'm talking about knowing Him according to Genesis 4. Do you know Him? Have you have you ever fellowship with God? Spending time with Him. Have you ever have you ever spent to a point where you begin to shed tears and fellowship with him so intensely in your private room. You know him in the privacy of privacies to a point where when you go for a day without worship, you feel dryness in your spirit. It is because you have not drunk of the water. I'm talking to somebody this morning. Do I have drunkards in this place? People who are saying I'm longing for Jesus. I feel you, Lord. I'm missing you. I'm, I'm missing you. I'm missing you. I live a life of fellowship with you. The Bible speaks about a man called Noah. The Bible says, not Noah. Uh, before I talk about Noah, I want to talk about, speak about Enoch. The Bible says, and Enoch walked with God. And Enoch walked with God. He knew God to a point where he walked with him. And he was no more. Because to walk with God is too nice. Some scholars are saying the the walk with God was just too nice to a point where the guy just vanished. They don't know. They have no grave of Enoch because he walked with God so intensely. You know what's my heart's desire? To walk with God. I want to be a young man who walks with God. I want to be a young man who dwells with God. I want to be a young man who lives with God every day. I make noise for my family. They know me when I'm around Because most of the times I'm traveling. But when I'm around, they know because I have these moments with Jesus where I spend so many hours in my private room and just fellowship with him. And then he begins to talk to me. He begins to rebuke me. He begins to fill me up. And when I don't pray for a day, I feel sick. Why? It's because I'm used to the waters. I have to drink a portion of the water. Because I need that spring to keep on springing up within me. And the more I fellowship with him, the more peace I have. There is no way I'll be angry with my wife after prayer. There's no way I'll be shouting on my kids when I just prayed. But when I'm full of anger, when I'm full of resentment, when I'm full of bitterness, it's because I have not drank my water. Lele langa ngamla to langa mapilis inga nzitu ma apa mapilis ka koko ukoko gaga pusa ngamapilis namtajigwas why ukoko namtajig upanbe you can tell from his character or Ubaba on a certain character who depends on certain pills that day he does not get his pills nuzomtora and so it is with the child of God who don't take their portion of the living waters. When your husband is acting funny, you start asking, did he drink his water? When your wife is acting funny, you must ask him, did you drink your water? Because I know when you have drunk enough of this water, you will not act the way you act. It is talking about life that God breathes into us by us fellowshipping with him. And the more we fellowship with him, the more of this life comes into us. And actually, Jesus just corrected me. He does not even breathe the life in us. He springs the life out of us. Because the life was deposited the day you received Jesus. Am I teaching something this morning? Ask your neighbor, when last did you activate your eternal life? When last did you activate your eternal life? The Bible speaks about God in the book of Genesis chapter 3. When they had committed sin. In Genesis chapter seven, the Bible says. I'm in mean chapter three, verse seven, and the Bible says, "And the Lord came to the garden in the cool." Of the day, he came to the garden in the cool of the day. After they ate of the fruit, the Lord came in the cool of the day. And the Bible says, Adam and his wife, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. And in verse 9, the Bible says, and the Lord began to ask, Adam, where are you? Because I'm used to fellowshipping with you. I'm used to spending time with you. I am used to spending these afternoons with you. Where are you? And that's the word this morning. Where are you? Some of you, God is saying, I last saw you last year and I've never seen you again. Some of you, God is saying, the last time I saw you is when I gave you a car. I've never seen you again. Some of you, God is saying, it's the day I gave you a husband and after that I've never seen you again. Where are you? I'm missing you. And your well is drying up because you have not activated it through water, you have not activated it through worship. Through prayer, you have never come before me and sought my face. No wonder you are acting the way you are acting because the waters in you are drying up. And God is missing you. God is looking for you. Listen to me. Some of you are coming to church looking for prophecies. The reason why you are looking for a prophet and prophecies is because you have no private time with God. You have no business looking for a prophet when you spend time with God. By the way, the reason why, says Tandy, the reason why God would give me a word for you is because God does not have access to you. The reason why He would give me a word to give you is because. God is saying the reason why you need to depend on a prophet is because you have no time with him. When you have time with God, you don't need a prophet. You don't need a word from the Lord, from somebody. Whenever they speak, you say, oh, yeah, the Lord has already told me. It's just a confirmation. Cause God will speak to you when you have time with him. Oh, come on, somebody. Have time with God. Intimacy, intimacy with him. F- spend time with him. Be naked before him. One of the things God was saying to me, the reason why your eternal life is not springing up, some of you are too dressed up in your prayer time. Father God, thou art in heaven. I come before your throne in thy majesty. Lalel who went to no Jesus. Haibo ima hima. Unkhumbuza le joko ka Minga lo nthsangwisi. Eh yeah. loko unga ari mutsonga unge switi kuma next to you. Yeah. The story Bobspan the story goes like this. Ntsangwisi and Minga Ntsangwisi was the uh, prime minister of Gaza Minga was a chief of Matsonga at that time. They took a trip to France some years ago. As they were in France, they were invited into a dinner by the prime minister of France. And, and they went and they sat sit around the table. As they began to eat, Nzamuiz realizes that Minga is using a wrong spoon. Minga is using a salad spoon to eat. And he wants to rebuke him because he's on the other side. So, he says, I'll do this in Shangan. He says, let's say, gentlemen, can I have a word of prayer, please? And everybody says, oh, yes, sir. Oh, yes, of course. Let's just pray. And he begins to say, eh, sorry, can I pray in my language, Shangan? I'm a Shangan. And they say, yeah, of course, of course. We like it in your language. Pray in your language. And he goes, says, Eh, minga. One boy, he loves can cancer? Amen. And the the white people say, Amen. <laughs> he got his message across. Minga began to behave accordingly through the prayer line. But here's the point. God is saying some of us are like Ntangwisi in this particular instance. You are so formal with God. I'm sorry, I'm not good with, with but you are so formal with God. You You are so tight and you're not naked. You're not open. You're not loose. You're not allowing God to reach you out in your intimacy, to reach you out in your nakedness. Did you know that God knows everything you've done? He knows everything you have even said. He knows everything you have even thought. He knows everything you have even desired in your heart. He knows everything. There's nothing to hide before him. He knows if you're a young girl and you have got certain feelings, He knows those feelings. If you're a young man and you have certain things that are troubling you, He knows those things that are troubling you. He knows the fact that you woke up with a certain dream the other night, He knows everything about you. There's nothing to hide before Him. Be honest with God. Ask Him in your weaknesses of weaknesses and allow the eternal life within you to begin to arise. God says, in your prayer life, I'm going to cause this eternal life to continue to flow, especially the Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost is linked up with your eternal life. And the Holy Ghost is sprung up in your life the more you fellowship with God. Why is a prayerful church a powerful church? It's because a prayerful church activates the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord hovers upon the waters. He hovers upon places where there is worship and there is prayer. A church that does not worship, it's a dry church. A church that does not pray, is a dry church. And the waters of that church is not stirred up. But as we stir up praise and as we stir up worship, the Holy Ghost begins to move upon the waters. And it begins to water our lives and activate the eternal life within us. Somebody say, I have eternal life. Jesus says in John 20, verse 31, as I conclude, these things I've written, this is John, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. That believing you will have life in his name. When you are a believer, you have life in the name of Jesus. John ten ten. he says, I have come that you may have life, And have it more abundantly. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and that you have have it abundantly. God says, I have given you life. And not just life, abundant life. Somebody say, I have abundant life. And John 1 verse 4, in him was life. And that life was the light of mankind. In him was life. Jesus came that we may have life and have it in abundance. And this morning, John three thirty six. you can jump into that. Whoever believes in the son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the son will not see life. But God's wrath will remain on them. And as I conclude this morning, God is saying, activate the eternal life in you. Activate the spring within you. Never allow the springs of God to dry up in your spirit. Activate it through prayer. Activate it through worship. Always spend time with God. Always spend time in intimacy with God. Allow the spirit of the Lord to hover upon your waters and cause you to be alive in the spirit. You don't need to depend on man to speak to you. You can speak to God on your own. And God will fellowship with you. As you leave this service, go back to your private life. Revisit your prayer life. Revisit your worship life. The Lord was speaking to me the other day. And he said, these days you are praying a lot and you're not worshiping as you used to worship. He reminded me as a young man. I would spend four hours worshiping alone. Worshiping alone. Just worshiping for four hours. And I would come up with so much power. You know, there are moments in my prayer closet where I can't stand up. And half the time, I always fall. (laughs) And I love it because there's no need for ashes. I always fall in my prayer life. Always. I stand up and I fall. And I stand up and I fall. Because the power of the Lord is so intense. But it comes by intimacy. It comes by being genuine with God. It comes by opening up your heart to the Lord and being honest and, and tell Him everything. Tell Him every thought. Tell Him every weakness. And tell Him of His greatness and tell him how majestic he is before you and how much you want to be like him. Spend time with God and let your eternal life begin to spring up. Why are you so peaceful? Why are you so joyful? Why are you always singing? There's a shop that is not far from where we stay. I always go there. And one afternoon, I walk in, and one lady says, Muruti, okay, Muruti? Are you okay, Muruti? Because, yeah, I'm fine. I'm okay. You know, when somebody says, Muruti, it's just right. So, how are you? Are you from our church, or are you from any of the churches? So, no, no, no. I'm not from any of your church. How do you know I'm Muruti? It's because every time I see you, you're always singing. You're always happy. I've never seen you sad. Wow. You sure you've never been to any of our social media and saw me preaching or anything, said, no, I've just seen the way you walk all the time in this shop. And I can tell that man has eternal life. And listen to me, this has not happened once. Literally, always. Everywhere I go, they call you Maruti. They say, all right, Maruti from where? We just see the way you walk. We can tell that there's something about you. In your life, there is God. And I I can tell I'm not the only one. You too. I say you too. They may not have told you, but something is ringing in their hearts that there's something different about that woman. There's something joyful about her. There's something victorious about her. And there's something powerful about her. It's because of the eternal life that God has deposited inside of you. I hope I've encouraged you this morning. I hope I've taught you something this morning. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I have eternal life. Stand up on your feet. Stand up on your feet and give the Lord a shout of praise. Amen.